Ty is my pal who helps me edit these podcasts. We've been in a few bands together, we've toured Eastern Canada, and we've been at each other's throats more than once. Our history is, well, tumultuous to say the least. Perhaps that's a sign of good friends, who knows. I met him in 2005 in a film history class while attending college in Oakville. He was a scraggly kid who was clearly from the country. Later, on a train back to Toronto, I would play the entirety of No Effects of the Decline on my acoustic guitar, and he sang every word. I feel we then entered some sort of nonverbal agreement to write and drink tons of music over the next seven or eight years. I initially met up with him half a year ago in Mexico City, where he's lived for the past few years. This is actually the first thing we recorded for the podcast, so I apologize for the not-so-great sound. Yeah, there seems to be weird dogs hanging around, too. Yeah, they use those for security sometimes. Really? Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, we had like a stare-off with a dog over there. It's just like, like a human up, like, what's going on, man? Like, what are you doing? I could be cool, too. I guess he doesn't get to see too many things, you know, be it on a rooftop. Yeah, probably not. Some birds, maybe? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to jinx it right now, but I'm feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. Good, just in time for Lucha Libre. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we might have a really fun time tonight. Maybe too fun of a time. <laughs> Ty, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. Good. <laughs> good. We're, uh, this is Ty, one of my oldest friends. We played music together for a long time. And we're on a rooftop in Mexico City. Fuck yeah. Yeah, what part of Mexico? Where are we? Like the neighborhood? Yeah. It's uh, Escondón. Escondón? Yeah. Okay, cool. I lived here for like a year and a half before we moved. We got evicted and had to move. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's lovely here. I'm really glad I flew down to do this interview with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason. Absolutely. Ty Trumbull's band history. Okay. Let's do that. Let's just go through them. Let's just go through, through them by one. All of them? All of them. <laughs> Let's do all of them. Oh, that's a long... Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to sit down for too long, but maybe we'll just... No, no, of course. Um, first band, first band that did anything proper was uh, Middle Finger Response back in high school. MFR. MFR. started by a guy named Mark and that's sort of how I became friends through him with all of my a lot of my friends mm-hmm. uh, and John Hembry who's now in a world-famous rock band yes the Strumbellas the Strumbellas you got, you got his humble beginnings <laughs> yes, in MFR in MFR middle finger response great with such songs as kids with guns and destroy home audio to create punk rock I think that's not a bad name it's pretty funny that kind of still stands up it's kind of <laughs> cool kids with guns maybe not so much yeah but yeah, the lyrics were uh, clearly written by a 17-year-old in that band. <laughs> I did like a solo thing for a long time called Stand Falling, 
which was just like in that period of dashboard confessional and yeah, I guess I was just a trend follower with <laughs> that one. Did that for a while. Um, and then I think it was uh, like, and then I was in an emo band for a while called In Autumn's Grave. Played with just some randoms. And then I think as we started, we moved to Toronto and started the Burn It Down shortly yeah. after that. The Burn It Downs. Yeah, you, me, uh, your brother, uh-huh. who gave me the shirt I'm wearing right now. Toronto Blue Jays representing yeah. one and seven worst team, in, <laughs> worst team in baseball right now. Continue. Awesome. <laughs> um, not to date the interview too badly. Uh, Maddie Marshall from MFR <laughs> and Chris Payne on vocals. Later joined by Andrew Nowakowski on third guitar. I got four two sets in my pocket, four two sets in my name. All the troubles in the world is enough to drive a man insane and la da 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 la those who owe you won't pay you no mind yeah. These concrete fields will never know my name These high-rise stars will never look the same as They did back there in the fields where I come from Who are the troubles you could ever hope to find yeah. Show me rewards for you And then uh, during that, I joined the Sure Things as well because I decided to learn banjo. Both of those bands toured Canada, which was nice. sort of ended, I started a band called Scoop Trumbull and the Wrong Notes. Yeah. It was like a six-piece folk rock band. That's right, yeah. And what was, what made up that band? What was the instrumentation? You had me on banjo, hula. Banjo, acoustic guitar, bass, mandolin, washboard, and keyboards. It's hammers in the night winds howl. It's his and hum won't pass man's tongue It's got rattles in the wire walls And I came from Montreal With blood on my hands The soul the legend says The legend paints a man Ontario, the fun my name. 
And then, but there was always kind of a timeline on that, cause, or a deadline on that, because my girlfriend and I knew we were going to move to Mexico eventually, or move somewhere. Um, so that ended, and we moved to Mexico, and I started a band called Los Peceros, which is named after the mini buses that are privately owned that run around the city and are crazy dangerous sometimes. Yeah, those are the really, the really like tall, short, green and yeah, white yeah, ones? Yeah, green and white ones, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's how Frida Kahlo broke her back when she was younger, or no. broke her back, yeah. And had to wear a back brace for the rest of her life. To see starting band called Los Defenos, uh, which is me on guitar and banjo, and then lead guitar, upright bass, and a really good drummer. Everyone's really good in the band. But So you guys have a record coming up? Yeah, we're about to go in and record. We're just trying to lock everything down right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to go in and do a five-song EP for a little, a little label down here that's going to help us release it, and then do all the uh, promotion and stuff for it. So what what are these songs about? Like, what's the what's what's the inspiration? About? <laughs> you know, what's like, what are we getting into? Like, I don't know if I set out to do this. I know I didn't set out to do this initially. The theme around it seems to sort of be like, just before we left for Mexico, moving to Mexico, and just the experiences that go within that. Like, went with that whole crazy transition in my life. Um, I don't know if they'll, they probably won't end up being chronologically ordered or anything, but uh, like there's, um, you don't get to act that way is one of the songs I really love, which is, uh, takes place just before moving to Mexico. My girlfriend was working at a bar and getting hit on by drunk guys all the time, and it just got, annoyed me one day, and then I had a night out drinking heavily and got, in a, got punched in the face, which also kind of annoyed me. And just the idea that like, just because of your privilege, or not privilege, but you just don't get to act certain ways. It like, doesn't matter who you are. That's the idea behind that one. And then there's a song called Mexico City, which is all about moving to Mexico City, um, that I wrote before moving here. So it talks a lot about uh, the sun and stuff, and I didn't realize that there was a very intense rainy season here. <laughs> so like, for a couple months, for like half the year, every day it rains, for part of the day, at least, it seems. It even seems like that right now. There's yeah, like yeah. An hour or two, it just kind of comes down and then goes away. Yeah, and we're like, it's early for that, too. Oh, okay. Like, everyone's weirded out by it. But yeah, that's a cool one, and it's like, I started listening to a lot of, like, Gypsy Jazz and Jazz Minouche, and uh, sort of showing it to the guys in the band. Felipe, the guitar player, is just incredible, so we ended up writing this whole, like, second part of the bridge for him to just rip a gypsy jazz solo over 
It's so cool. Like, wow. I get chills just thinking about it. It's awesome. Okay. And then there's a song called Self-Medicate, or We Self-Medicate, about our tendencies to drink heavily and carry on and all that stuff. But really, it's about the first time I went out in Mexico City, because I got sick like the first two weeks we were here and couldn't really go out. So the first time I felt better, Macy and I went to a bar called the Black Horse which uh, I still frequent all the time. There's a really rad open mic that we went to this week. On Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. Yes. In Condesa, in Mexico City. Plug. Uh, <laughs> Good plug. I was there last night. Yeah. It was quite enjoyable. It was. Two nights ago. Two nights ago. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> but because I'd been sick for two weeks, I didn't really eat anything. So my stomach was empty. So to celebrate our first night out in Mexico, my girlfriend bought us shots of tequila. So I did one shot of tequila and then instantly ran out of the bar and threw up everywhere. And that was my first experience at a bar in Mexico City. I wasn't even drunk enough to like enjoy it, sure. like, you know, to make up for the vomiting. <laughs> it makes it sound like I vomit a lot from drinking, but I don't. And then there's one called uh, Dagger Eyes, which actually steals a line from an old Worst Case Ontario song. I f we forgot to mention Worst Case Ontario. Oh yeah, that was a band we were in. Yeah, that was a hardcore band we were in. Yeah, we did a three song EP. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I will not be satisfied until What answers to my questions What Germany runs is all village out But we run in a race out of there And I can't help but wonder How many times it's off with me Ready for anyone we're missing The lies we call on Pacify us, segregate us Relegate our roles Uh, <laughs> oh, we were also in the thing, you and I, sorry to backtrack. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this is a parade. parade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many bands. So many, and we had a lot of people just coming and going and that yeah. kind of thing. And that was just a collection of pretty much your soul stuff and stuff I was writing at the time. Yeah. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah. From what I remember. We recorded that weird EP album, I guess, in your empty apartment. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a bleak time in my life. <laughs> But the music got us through. The, mu the music got us through, and <laughs> I still enjoy those recordings. Yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to them in a while, actually. I should check them out. Eight feet and stretch steps for leaves before you leave. Maybe we can listen to the satisfying sound of our feet crushing something, crushing something else. Bring in something else's defeat. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? Call the stage. But so Dagger Eyes, uh, the chorus steals a line from an old Worst Case Ontario song that I just, you know, the song never really went anywhere the original one, and I liked the line too much, so I was like, I'm taking it back. What's the line? Uh, I've been sharpening my tongue with the chip on my shoulder. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's the only similarity to that song, it's just sort of imagining 
what my life would be like if I'd stayed in Toronto and my girlfriend had left. And it's just me being a bitter asshole in Toronto, like imagining myself as that okay. and being happy about the decision that I made to come here. Trying to imagine myself in an alternate universe sort of thing. Of post offices and song, which is uh, maybe doesn't really fit into the theme, but it kind of does. It's just about like your friends going away. I wrote it for uh, Maddie before he left for his crazy world journey or whatever, just like saying goodbye to friends that you know you'll see eventually again. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So that's that EP. So can you tell us about like uh, the music scene here, like uh, the Mexican city music scene? I guess would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, it's fucking massive. You can go to different parts of the city and see all kinds of crazy music and the weird thing is though a lot of the musicians of a certain level still seem to know each other despite how crazy big it is here which I think is just like anywhere but the one thing I've noticed is it's like compared to Toronto at least it's easier to like make a living a meager living anyway of just being a musician like you can find shows most days of the week if you really hustle right yeah and so I mean, you, you get you get paid for your shows like at a yeah decent wage yeah 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 that's not a that's not a thing you know no <laughs> it's not independently anyways you hear it's like oh. like my band Los Paceros we can we can set our price and you know if I play two or three shows a week it's enough to pay my rent and buy my groceries which is which is good and then everything else is just extra I guess because there's so many people trying to there's just a lot of competition so the musicians here are really really good I've noticed um, it just forces you to be good if you want to get noticed at all uh, there's great bands like Peregrino is an awesome band there's this band called Vicky Roots and the Rootskers which is like a Vicky sorry Vicky Root and the Rootskers okay. I think is what they're called and they're like a Mexican city jug band with like washboard and they've got a jug and kazoo and crazy jazz guitar oh, it's wow. really cool and then like I've been getting into like older Mexican rock bands as well, like Maldito Vecindad and uh, Molotov, which is weird because uh, this band Molotov, they're really famous here especially, but I was looking at their history mm -hmm. and I, the cover for their first album popped up on the website or whatever. And I was like, I, I had that fucking album when I was like 14 years old no. and I got it through Columbia House, like in like the free sampler thing. And I remember liking it. So it was a little like, rappy for me at the time before I appreciated rap as much but it's pretty cool now are they still an active band or is this kind of I think there's they're more like they're active in the way that like I don't know the Bare Naked Ladies are active or something like you know like they play festivals and stuff but they're not sure. like I don't think they're like actively pursuing new material sure that's my guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what the bare, bare naked ladies are doing that. I don't. I think they play the odd time. Yeah, that'd be great. I go see them. Yeah. Lying bare, just like right. Yeah, that's great. Broke into the old apartment. I love that. That's song. a great song. I love that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was, was super like, '90s. Like yeah, but that was like the end of when I think I stopped listening to bare naked yeah, ladies. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, fun, fun side note. I uh, saw it was one of the first concerts I ever saw at Canada's Wonderland. With my mom, I was quite young. It was with bare naked ladies, ladies? I, like technically, I always tell everyone my first concert ever was the Ramones, and it was because that's, that's an awesome story. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I was like 13 years old, and it was like the first big concert I ever saw. But technically, I saw the Elephant Show when I was like 
eight, and I got to go backstage and meet Sharon Lois and Bram. Okay. And I was just mad that Elephant wasn't there. But later I got to see the Ramones, and so I just tell everyone that one. <laughs> That's my first concert. <laughs> and then the second was a bunch of fucking goofs at Market Hall in Peterborough. Oh, wow. One of my first ones was that I... The first one I tell people as well mm-hmm. uh, was with my mom. I was like, 14, 13, 14? Yeah. 15? I don't know. But it was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers with the Toadies and Space Hog. Space Hog? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the video be having like a creepy mask in it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. But maybe. <laughs> like a pig man or something? No, I don't uh, think so. Maybe I'm mixing things. You're up. mixing up another '90s video, <laughs> yeah. uh, really, oh, you know, oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. Later mask. we got to YouTube but this. I remember being there, and at the show, and this like big waft cloud of smoke came towards me, <laughs> and I remember looking at my mom like, "What is that? That smells awesome." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, don't worry about that." I, I think my mom like asked these two girls in front of us to sit down. I was, I was very embarrassed. Oh, that sounds so much like your mom. Yeah, very much <laughs> so. awesome. Yeah, I remember at the Ramones, I was like, what's that smell? And my cousin made the joke. He's like, I think it was right after that Simpsons episode came out. But he's like, smells like Otto's jacket. And I was like, I didn't understand that reference. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> Otto from, yeah. He was no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that didn't help. No. No. But yeah, so that's Mexico City. <laughs> cool. I love it here. I met up with him again recently in a jam space in Toronto. Came all this way for Sneaky D's Mexican food. Yeah, fucking, I get a craving for those Sneaky D's fajitas sometimes. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have the button mushrooms in the, today, though, and I was a little disappointed. Oh, I haven't seen those in a while. Really? Yeah, I don't think that's a thing anymore. This fucking city's just changing so much. <laughs> <laughs> no button mushrooms. Yeah. Condos are going everywhere. No honest ads. No, exactly. Yeah. Right where I live, it's like a derelict wasteland. B&B, did you ever go to the karaoke place there? Yeah, 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 one time. Someone got drunk and said something racist, I seem to remember. Not like one of our friends, but someone there. Oh. Regarding Honest Ed's and Mervish Village. It was like the one thing to go to that neighborhood for, too, like. So I kind of have mixed feelings on it, because there's like this nostalgic thing I have with it, and it's so great, and I'd Mm. pop in there and navigate the maze to get like detergent for $2 cheaper. But at the end of the day, isn't it kind of just like a giant, like, dollar store? Yeah. No, I was more referring to Mervish Village than uh, Honest Ed's. Oh, okay. I mean, Mervish Village was great for, like, that's where I bought my mustache wax and my fucking pomade. Sure. My Murray's pomade. Sure, and Suspect Video was there forever. Yeah. And, uh... My comic book store, Beguiling, was there. There you go. I used to spend $100 a week there. Wow. Even the Central was a good venue. We played there before a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really small, thin. Yeah, yeah. Long. Victory Cafe, however moved down Bloor. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's opening soon. Nice. My yeah. comic book shop moved to college, I'm pretty sure. But oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually looking for a comic while I'm back, so maybe I'll head there later. How's Mexico doing right now? How's Mexico City? It was just, uh... It was just the earthquake. Just the earthquake. My God. It was fucking nuts, man. There was two in, like, two weeks. Um, the first one was easy. was fine. I was laying in bed reading, and mm. the alarm went off. And every other time I've heard the alarm, it's been a, like, false alarm or nothing major it's like sorry it's like an air horn that rings through the town yeah yeah through the whole city and uh but that one went like that earthquake went back and forth like it felt like i was on an air mattress on the water kind of you know that feeling like a floaty device on the water laying on that oh like you're trying to balance on it well i was laying down but yeah, okay yeah 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 and i just like quietly woke up my girlfriend and like 
was like, hey, I think there's an earthquake. And then the shirts, everything started moving in the fucking building. But it was, that one wasn't bad. And then two weeks later, mm-hmm. more or less, on the anniversary of the one in 85, mm-hmm. so at 11 o'clock there was test drills. They always do drills on the anniversary of the 85 earthquake. To like, the 1985 earthquake? Yeah, the, which the, was a big earthquake. That killed 10,000 people. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, ruined it. The city. And that's why all like the hipster neighborhoods there are so cheap is because they were destroyed in the 85 earthquake. So all the foreigners and artists move into the cheap neighborhoods because the rent was so low and then brought in all this money and brought up the economy so that they're like the expensive neighborhoods again and then another earthquake came and like wrecked those neighborhoods. Oh wow. Like yeah. Well actually even when we were down when I was down there when we were in like the downtown core I remember you showing me some buildings that were Yeah. Like, so my, my buddy Evan lives like near one of those mm-hmm. and he can't go back he's homeless now because that building is threatening to collapse. One of those massive towers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the second one was crazy because at 11 o'clock they'd had the drill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one did anything. And then two hours later there, there was no alarm and the fucking earth started to shake. And I, like, realized it was bad when my window started to actually, like, bend with the... Because this was an up and down earthquake. So the window was doing like this. Oh. I don't know how to describe that I, for audio, but... Yeah, I don't know what that is. Like, it's going up and down? Like, the glass was, like, sort of bending. Then what happened? What'd you do? Uh, I held my dog through the earthquake because they say if you're in it, you shouldn't move. Like, if you hear the alarm run outside, but if it starts, you're in it and just sit still and try and, like, get to a safe spot. Is it, like, door frames, that old kind of thing? Door Uh, frames, not so much anymore. They, They have this thing called the triangle, so you find a piece of furniture that's like against a wall and okay. sit sit in front of it so that if the wall falls the furniture like creates a triangle and stops it from oh. falling on you yeah cool. and uh so i grabbed the dog uh put his leash on him and then i went and found my cat my girlfriend was at school mm-hmm. so I grabbed the cat ran outside got two text messages off one to my sister saying i was okay and one to my, macy my girlfriend asking if she was okay and then my phone died and there was no power so i couldn't charge my fucking phone uh, and then Tony, our old friend, just like half an hour later, just like sauntered up to my apartment. Oh, he just showed up. Yeah, yeah. He was good. Oh, that's fantastic. Eventually, I was able to get a hold of Macy, and she was okay. Uh, yeah, and then just like, it was like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, people, like, right in the moments afterwards, like, all these people are out on the street, and like, some people are just running at full speed down the street because their kids are in school. So they're trying to get to their kids and shit. People are like abandoning cars. My God. It was nuts, and then like built like a building a block away from my girlfriend's school collapse, and that's only like five blocks from my house. Wow! So the next two days later, we were like in the line helping move buckets. Yeah, I saw photos of that. It's like a like a chain like of people down the street just handing buckets of rubble. Bucket brigade, yeah. Bucket brigade, yeah. It was pretty crazy. That's pretty beautiful in a way. That was the one kind of band together and. Yeah, that was the one thing about it was like seeing all the people come together and help each other, like. Now I'm tight with all my neighbors, which is really nice. Sure. Like, it's shitty that it took something like that to sure, for that yeah. to happen. But yeah, everyone came together. Everyone was helping out. It was beautiful, actually. Wow, that's amazing. And do you know how many people died? I don't know anyone that died. I've got a bunch of homeless friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, God. some of Macy's students lost family members, I think. Okay. A lot of them lost their homes. Not yeah, a lot, right. but a couple. And the rebuild on something like this will be decades yeah 44 buildings collapsed I think wow and there's still more that aren't aren't sound yeah so oh Mm -hmm. and 
Mexico City as lovely as it is, a lot of the places are not. They're built. Some of the buildings are kind of. Yeah, well, after the 85 quake, apparently they changed a lot of the laws, but many of the people of those 44 buildings that collapsed found a way around some of those building codes. Okay. I was reading about it the other day, like they were built on concrete slabs, Mm -hmm. concrete pillars, and just put the floor on top of the pillar, which is illegal in most of the world where there's earthquakes, Um, but used to be legal, which is why all the buildings got wrecked in 85, and still some this one were still built that way. Wow. Yeah, it was fucking, it was nuts. Jeez. <laughs> you did a little tour in Mexico. You guys played some out-of-town shows. We played Mexico one out-of-town One out-of-town show? Yeah, it was our first show, actually. Oh. We did the, we recorded the album before we played a show live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we recorded that record, it was like our third time, all four of us in the same room together. And we did it all live off the floor, which was, I don't know if we talked about that before, but no. it was pretty crazy. No, because since you hadn't recorded. Oh, yeah. Since our first conversation. So we recorded the EP. Yes, that's right. And the band? Defenios. Defenios. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, when we recorded it, we did it, all the music live off the floor, um, like uh, guitars, bass, and drums. It was only the third time we'd all been in the same room together, mm-hmm. third or fourth time. And uh, yeah, we nailed it in like like three or four hours, I think. It was right. crazy, just because the guys in my band are crazy good musicians. I've met all of them. Uh, I don't think you've met Felipe, the guitar player. But Oh, who's the drummer? The guy from France? Yeah, Aurelio. Aurelio, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a gem. He's a, he's a sweetheart of a man. And all those, when I was down there, one thing I took away, out of many things I took away, but everyone's such great musicians. You kind of have to be. I felt like such a... Knuckle dragging mouth breather, not uh, not well, that bad. But these guys are just so great, and they can pick up on anything. And yeah, yeah. Jam and at that party, especially we went to, it's like a musician's party. Like it's for professional musicians. That was our last night before we flew back, yeah. and that was one of my favorite times. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Was so great. Yeah, yeah. That's where we jam. Yeah, the stand up bass, and then other people would come by with whatever instruments they had. Yeah, it's like accordions, accordions, and clarinets, yeah. and shit. It's a it's a fucking trip. Yeah, I mean. That's one great thing about, I don't know, the culture or your group of friends down there. That's what parties seem to be a lot about. Yeah. That doesn't happen here. No, I you wish know? it happened more here. Yeah, I mean, you know, some some dude will grab the acoustic guitar and start wailing. Yeah. Here, yeah. people just get annoyed. Yeah, I'd be like, like, all right, man, we're trying to listen to the yeah. record. Trying to listen to fucking Tragically Hip. Uh, <laughs> kind of spooky, but Ty and I recorded this on a Saturday. Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip died the following Tuesday. I love the tragically hit, but uh, um, but yeah, down like especially the type of music I play. There's a tradition of just like picking parties where people get together and play, and that exists in like jazz and old time folk music. So okay. the fact that my band is like a combination of those is like it's just a nice way to like blow off steam and get fucking get better at your yeah instrument, get your chops up. Yeah, because if you can't keep up, they won't keep asking you to play. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. They accompanied me on one, one song I remember playing, mm. and they made it excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I was just playing. I was just finger-picking. Very easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. So where did you guys play outside of Mexico City? In Cholula. Cholula. Yeah. Uh, where, is, where is that? It's like an hour and a half south of the city. Okay. Kind of. Um, we rented a van, which was cool. They have, like, the best band room I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Like, to put you up. It's like a six bed like 
bed, three bedrooms, six beds, shower, living room. Oh. Yeah, like I've had smaller apartments. La-ti-da, yeah. Mr. Fancy Man. Well, it wasn't that fancy, but <laughs> there's room to sleep. Yeah, anyway. that's that's great. Um, and, and an hour and a half, is that... Are, if you, is that even out of the mountains? Like how, because Mexico City is all it was on in the, the middle other of side mountains. Of the mountain. I think it's on the other side of the mountains. It's closer to the volcano, Popocatepetl, which I always say wrong. Okay. Popocatepetl, Popocatepetl, okay. something like that. Um, but yeah, it's this beautiful city with like all these churches. There's pyramids there, and we like climbed the mountain, one little hill in the town, and there's like a church at the top. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. And we played in this really cool venue called Jazzitlan. It's just this beautiful place. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then drove back? Well, we stayed the night there and then drove yeah, yeah. back on like two hours of sleep because we went out to some electronic dance party afterwards and you know how much I love those things. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I was the grumpiest man in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone else in my bed was out. Macy was back in bed because she's smart. And I went out with them realizing that there's only one key so I'm stuck with them for the next like three or four hours or however long they want to party. Sure. Just listening to <laughs> and seeing some girl like flip a switch every once in a while is the performance. <laughs> Sorry, that was really Yeah, yeah sure. Cynical, no, they, but yeah. It's not not your uh not your bag. No. I like some of that shit, but But yeah, so we recorded at this we recorded everything off the floor and then did all the overdubs and vocals at my buddy's studio. And just oh, okay. recorded that all ourselves at our own leisurely pace which is nice yeah fantastic my buddy Daniel come in and do like washboard and harmonica like this ripping harmonica solo oh wow it's cool that's nice mm. he's in a band called Viri Roots and the Rootster Rootskers okay like a jug band in Mexico City which the second I saw them I was in love like I'm sure yeah it's like jazz guitar with a washboard and a jug and a and a lady singing I guess there can't be too many jug bands i you know, down there, I don't even know any here. Like no. in Canada, there can't. And you playing banjo, there can't be too many banjo players down there. No, I'm pretty sure I'm the only. Prof- I'm the. I like to call myself the only professional banjo player in Mexico. I feel like you need to get cards. Yeah, <laughs> like, I should. Ty Trumbull, professional banjo yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Because I've recorded with some like, done some studio work with some like bigger names down there now. Mm-hmm. No one that you know here, but like people are like, oh, you know him. You played with them yeah like, I didn't know who I was playing with at the time but apparently <laughs> yes I did <laughs> I hope that doesn't sound cocky I was just a uh, right place right time sort of thing it is what it is I mean as you just said you're the only <laughs> probably the only one there yeah the bar's really low <laughs> <laughs> well um, no you, you brought it up before and why why tragically hip what was uh, that the Canadian band that you just seemed to well because I was I don't know I was walking around the other night in Toronto like everyone was working or whatever so I, I started feeling nostalgic and I put on some tragically hip YouTube videos and watched some stuff from the last concert or the last tour. Okay. And like seeing the videos of like people watching them all across Canada was like brought tears to my eyes. Like it was a thing. It was I, a cultural it was a Canadian thing. I was at a party playing in Mexico and while my friend's band was on stage, I was watching the last tragically hip concert on my phone. Oh wow. Just because it was like such an emotional big moment. Yeah, I, I remember watching a minute of it and it sounded not great. Really? I remember. I was watching on my phone, so. I mean, he's, Gord Downey's very sick, obviously. Um, but I remember just the singing. I was like, oh God, oh no. <laughs> but whatever, he's since put out a solo record and another one that's coming out as well. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get it all out, I guess. And someone was telling me, um, 
that this next record is like every song is about someone that means something to him, that means like a significant amount to him. Like every song is like dedicated ah, to that's his cool. love for a certain person. Yeah, yeah. Which is really neat. That is neat. And like one of them came in with a comic book by Jeff Lemire, I think. Oh, really? Like a really good comic book guy. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. To the tragically hip. Yeah, to the tragically hip. <laughs> Funny, because I hated them when I was a kid, because I hate anything that people tell me I'm supposed to like. That is one thing I'll say about you, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Don't tell me to like something, because I'll hate it. I know, I know. I, and I, I remember even growing up, so, or growing up, but with you, so I'm like, oh, Ty, you got to check out this. And in my mind, I'd be like, oh, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't tell him like that. He's <laughs> like, everyone loves this. You're going to love it. I'm like, he's not going to love it now. <laughs> A lot of people are like that, I think, though. But yeah. I, need, I tend to need to come to things on my own terms. Sure, sure. You're a bit of a contrarian. Yeah, sure. Would that be a right term? Yeah, I think I was more so when I was younger. Okay. Less so now. Yeah. Like, I like the Rolling Stones now. Sure. I refused to listen to them for years. Right. It's like, same with Neil Young. Yeah. Just because from, I'm from Omimi, so I'm supposed to like Neil Young. But Have you ever been to the museum? I don't think it's there anymore. Oh, it I was, never went either. I just heard I it should. Was my, I'm pretty sure it was my old vet's office when I was a child, so I've had like dogs die there. <laughs> Whoa. Like, get put down in Neil Young's like childhood house or whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but... No, um, who knows? That's wild. Neil and I share the same birthday. Yeah. I always thought that was, we were kind of kindred somehow. Yeah, yeah. I always, like, if I ever meet him, I'll have something to talk about. Perfect. Because I'm like, I'm from Omimi. Uh-huh. There's also, like, Jesse, my friend, yeah. you share the same birthday. Yeah. And then let him know that we also share a birthday with Ryan Gosling. Okay, I will. Because he might not know that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he Googles these things <laughs> when he's bored at work like I do. With his solar paneled computers. <laughs> <laughs> and a bus, I yeah. imagine, that's run by... Like, like oil or right, something? Water. Like, not oil, but yeah, water. <laughs> Vegetable oil. Yeah. And of course, as will happen, we got into some old stories. Pretty great. I remember being with you in Newfoundland. Yeah. When we toured out there 10 years ago. Wasn't that, was it that long ago? Was that the first or second East Coast tour we did? Second. So, 2009? Yeah. Eight years ago? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And you bought, what'd you buy? You bought this little, like... Banjolele. Banjolele. Yeah, You're yeah. were very excited about the Banjolele. It's great. I still have it. Do you? That thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hanging up in my parents' place. It's like a little, it's like a little snare drum. Yeah. With a, well, I guess it's... It's a ukulele with a banjo, bo- banjo head. Banjo sure. body. Banjo body, yeah. Banjo bat, which is a head, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. I also yeah. like how they had Bennett beer. That made me feel nice. <laughs> Oh, that was good beer too. It was okay. The other one was better, I remember. Um, India, the the pale ale. Oh yeah, it was just called IPA, wasn't it? IPA or whatever it was. Yeah, that was good. Delightful. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we tried to bring some back, but it, I think it was gross because we tried to open it in Montreal because there's no preservatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't uh, last. Yeah. There's like no shelf life because it just stays on the rock. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, what did we do when we had a day off? Or two days off? We tried to go camping. We tried to go camping in... Yeah. Ca- no. Cow's Head? No, we ended up in Cow's Head because we broke down before we got to the the park. We were supposed to go to, like... It's like Gross Morn. Is it Gross Oh, Morn? Gross Morn. The- we were supposed to go there. Is that what we were on route to? Yeah, yeah. But our van couldn't do sea pills. And we, before we left, we're like, what are the hills like to get out there? Like, oh, it's not so bad. But in Newfoundland, a big hill's like basically driving up a mountain. Sure, so yeah. So our massive. van, like, we'd, like, crest the top and then, like, have to switch it into neutral and just get as much speed as we could. Oh, my God. We ended up pulling into Cowhead. Yeah. And those girls we were with who were showing us around happened to know some people that lived there. So after we tried to camp 
uh-huh. got rained at Well, you stayed. I stayed yeah. because I, you and I got into it over yeah. something. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I was defiant as hell. Was it you and me? I thought it was you and Chris. No, it was you and me, and then you said something. I was like, fuck this. And then you're like, Jesse, get in the car. <laughs> it's like torrential rain pour. Yeah, your tent like flooded, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just took all the, a bunch of blankets and just kind of put it around the perimeter inside or yeah. like the outside. And yeah, I didn't sleep much. But then we, so this house we went back to, Ooh. turns out that one of the girls that lives there was my sister's childhood best friend growing up in Omimi. Wow. Like that's fucking small world shit meet, right there. To meet them at the edge of the world yeah. in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cowhead, Newfoundland, where I never didn't even know existed. There was three things. There was like a bar, uh, yeah. a, ga- a, a mechanic who was not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had to wait for him to come into town. He was out of town. Yeah, and they ordered the wrong part at first. Is that what happened? Oh no, they they just ordered the wrong part, and they put it on, and it like got us back to New Brunswick, I think. And then we broke down again. Had to sell the van. How much did we sell the van for? Hundred bucks. Hundred dollars. Yeah, for that like sixteen seater beast of a van because we had to get back because it was a long weekend so there was I, yeah we didn't want to be trapped there yeah yeah it was a long weekend because so, they wouldn't have worked at Sunday yeah this was the Saturday or the Sunday maybe no it was like a, the Friday I think because the long week is about to start the Friday or Saturday because yeah because they weren't working Canadian Tire was still open <laughs> yeah <laughs> but was closing and we were like running against the clock <laughs> yeah and then someone pulled the trigger was it Chris I think it was like whatever I'm selling the van hundred dollars yeah Check yeah the plates some guy picked it up, dragged it away. We took a couple of taxis to the bus station. We raced there. Yeah, yeah, and had to like talk our way to the front of the line. First, we had to talk our way to talk them into letting us put all our gear in the trailer that pulled behind the, because it was six dudes mm-hmm. with all of our gear for a full band. We didn't leave anything behind either. And then we could talk our way to the front of this line for the the express bus, oh, and man. everyone else had to take the fucking milk run bus. And I remember that not. almost didn't happen. One guy, one of the workers, the bus line workers, was helping us out. And one guy the was... The driver was helping us. The driver was helping us out. The other guy was like, no, we're not putting us here. This yeah. is, we can't put musical gear here. This yeah. is not how this works. And he just took pity on us, I guess. Oh, yeah. We were very... I remember I was like dry heaving from stress as the van was pulling away. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. We're so far from home. Yeah, I recall that. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Now I think I'd handle that better. <laughs> and then we and then we took a bus all the way to Montreal. Uh-huh. And then rented a U-Haul. A U-Haul panel van uh-huh. that we all crammed in the back of. A couple people got couple a ride. People. Like you, me, Maddie, and Sammy, maybe? Because Chris went with Jess. Okay. And I don't know what Andrew did. I don't know. He pretty much had had enough of us at that oh, point. Oh yeah. Yeah, he had enough of us the first time we broke down on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, independent touring. God love it. Yeah, absolutely. You miss that at all? I do and I don't. It got better. With Teeth Marks, we did a few tours and everyone got better. It was nice. We had better accommodations and stuff and we're mm. making actual money. But uh, I miss the stories. Yeah. And I miss the people. Like, you meet the greatest people in the yeah, weirdest yeah. of situations. Um, like our friends Emily and Ross and... Yeah, Huntington. yeah. Who helped us out huge. I've seen Ross a few times since, and you have too. Like we, yeah, actually, when we toured out there years later with Teeth Marks, mm-hmm. we we hung out with them, and they were so pleasant. Yeah, I actually have a little note that she she wrote, and it was the sweetest thing. She's like, just like, so happy to see you guys. Love you guys so much. You know, the towels are here. Mm-hmm. This is that. I can't be around. It was so sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
Well, thanks, Ty, man. Thanks yeah, so much. I love seeing you. You I'm, too, man. I miss you, and it's nice to see you here. And I can't wait to come visit you. Yes. Yeah. Soon. I will. I love it down there. It's fucking. Hopefully, you won't get sick this time. Yeah, that that wasn't too <laughs> great. Yeah, I remember being all sick, and that was bad. And I was like, well, at least I could watch the Blue Jays play, and they were losing every game. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Talk to you later, pal. All right, bye. Here's a post office and song by Los Defenos. Meet me where the street lights meet the sunrise. Yesterday's mistakes are washed away. Where the pavement catches sky. And a morning's heavy. Bottle caps to stand in testament to these times Meet me when the parties are all over When folks have coupled up and the drunks have stumbled home there ain't nothing in this town We didn't bring it on our own Wherever we roam
This episode is produced by myself and Sunny Gans, theme track by Dave Grabowski, engineered by Ryan Cox. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at transcanadamusic at gmail.com.